0: Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Karis Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Karis. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Pastor started from that, and he picked on the subject of love, love being one of the key building blocks of strong families. And um, he defined love in the family as acceptance in spite of our strengths or our flaws, and uh, today, by God's grace, we move on to our faith, the building blocks of our family, our faith. In our world today, um, there are so many beliefs. And um, one of the key areas that people are pushing, the agenda of people who do not believe in God. They are pushing their agenda so strong. They are, they are becoming a force in our community and um, those generations, in probably a generation, maybe 40, 50 years, they were amongst our society, but not very forefront. But in our, in our day, they have become so strong. They, they, they are just pushing their agenda. And that, that agenda is having an impact and effect on our, on our lives, on our, on our communities, and in, the, in families. And what people have... that is termed atheism and atheism mainly mainly people who do not believe that god exists and um, atheism is led to all kinds of things atheism pastor always says that is an issue is a moral issue people who don't want to believe that god exists because of his standards because if you exist you believe that god exists then you have a responsibility to obey him Or seek him. And once you seek him, you find that he has a set way of doing things. And therefore, you have to comply if you believe he is who he is. And therefore, people choose not to believe. And this has caused all kinds of family breakdowns because there is a moral question. People don't want to comply to a particular moral standard. Because when you look at our world today, most of our losses are originating from the word of God. That shall not murder. Who taught us not to murder? This is because the word of God said it. And over generations and various communities, it can be interpreted all kinds of ways. But we know that murder is wrong. Pedophilia, the same. Every, every wrong we know, anything that is enshrined in the law, in our laws today, is coming from the word of God. And that is what gives us the standards that we have today. But it's these same things that these atheists are trying to take away from our society. So we have people today who believe that pedophilia is Okay. Eventually, we we'll get to a point where, you know, if Christians don't stand up, it becomes a general, a general norm in society. And we believe that God has called a remnant and we will stand for the cause of our God and then we'll make a difference. But I went, um, about three weeks ago, I took my little daughter for her second set of injections and I saw a poster there and the poster said get it on is a poster for condoms and uh, it said it, it sees them uh, you see a male and a female they've embraced and it says get it on and obviously it can be interpreted in two ways isn't it <laughs> let's get it on you know as in with whatever we're trying to do but also get it on as in, put on the you know the what prevention but then uh, what, what, as i there and i was looking at this, i said when we get, when somebody puts it on Yes, they prevent some kinds of STDs, Uh, they they would would uh, prevent a pregnancy. But what is it that we put in place that prevents the heartbreak? Those things the law cannot take care of. What is it that would prevent, if you put that on and go on as you have planned, what is it that prevents that disappointment when things don't go the way you expect them to go? And there are so many, so many of these experiences going on. Because you see the poster that says, get it on, you think it is all right to go ahead and do it. And then eventually, years down the line, you, are, you we have people who are broken and broken and broken over and over and over again. By the grace of God, because of what we do, we sit with people and we listen to their life experiences and thank you for allowing us to come on a journey with you. But we look at it and we think that, how God can prevent all these heart aches. Yes, God can use it as a testimony for somebody else. But there's a greater prevention, which the world doesn't want us to talk about, which is abstinence. They say, get it on so that you don't get HIV. Get it on so that you don't become pregnant. But what are we getting on so that we have a sound and enjoy our lives? Sound lives, living free and enjoying our lives. Those things the world hasn't got that to offer. Is only in Christ. The world does not have answers to these things. It's only in Christ. It's only in Christ. So atheism, these are the things that is in our society, stealing the joy of people. So you see people suited and booted, going up and down in life, trying to you know, achieve something, but they are broken on the inside because the world does not have answers to these things. And therefore, what we have... The faith we have is ever so important. We, the, with atheism comes increasing suicide. Because it takes away the meaning of life. If God does not exist, then we created. You obviously are a big bang. Something came together and so obviously then all of a sudden your nose got to where it is. Your eyes got to where it is. You know, Your legs appeared instead of this part. It went down. It just doesn't make sense. How we can be so well put together and say it's by an accident. How the world can be so well put together. You look at trees. Every creation of God speaks about the existence of God. But they say that God does not exist. And therefore it takes away the value of life. It takes away the meaning of life. Because if God does not exist and we are a mistake, then why are we here? Why? We just live life, get a good job, marry if you want, you know, they say now you can marry a man, you can marry a woman. How they call that marriage, I don't know. But they're trying to get in to call it marriage. But you can be together with a man, a woman, before or after, whatever. You can sign a paper and all that. But is that it? There must be a greater purpose to our lives. And therefore, if there isn't any per- you don't think there's any purpose to your life, and you come to a crossroads where you don't have an answer, you think, well, I might as well end it. And this is what atheism is doing in our society today. It's taking away the meaning of life. So people, young people, is so rampant today for young people to fail am bullied at school, which is wrong. But then I should end my life because I'm bullied. What a shame. Only to, to end your life at age 12 and 13. The years ahead of you, the things that could, you could have done, the things that you could have experienced and enjoyed, you have to let go of that because they don't understand that there's a purpose to their lives because the God factor is being taken away from our society. Honestly, atheism doesn't happen. I sometimes I, I, just want them, I just want to miss somebody and ask them these basic questions like, what do you do with your guilt? As Pastor said, uh, spoken to us about before. What do you do with the issue of guilt? How do you deal with your guilt? Because the truth is, there's morality in everybody. We all have standards. It doesn't matter how low the standards are. We all have standards. And when you are unable to meet those standards, what do you do about them? That heavy feeling of, I've missed it. But we Christians, we go to our father, talk to him about it. Daddy, I missed it. And we are sorted to pick up ourselves up again and move on. But the world doesn't offer that. The world offers judgment. Atheism offers just being left to the, you know, the wilds of this world to consume you. And some people think we can't take it anymore. And so they end it to themselves. And I think the devil would have stolen in a young life just because they didn't understand that God had a purpose for them. There's the question of accountability. Because people don't want to be accountable. To a higher authority. They say there's no God. And there's a question of free will. Because people feel they can do anything. They don't want to do anything. And most of the things you look at, they want to do. It's so silly. And so unnecessary. So that you can drink and just get so drunk. And just be walking about and probably end up in a gutter with your legs stacked outside. And they say that's enjoyment. Come on. You don't even remember what happened. Because you're so drunk, somebody had to get you a taxi. And put it. You don't remember. How, can, how do you call that enjoyment? That is, you know, if I can say, stupidity. You know, somebody can smoke, 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 and get high, and say, I'm feeling good. And they feel that is enjoyment. Only to, you know, get later on in life and realize that they've got a bit of... Mm? You're not correct. When you talk to them, you talk about other things and you're thinking, what is wrong with this person? They can't even talk straight. It's because they claim they were enjoying themselves. That's sad. These are the lies in our society today. We can go on and on and on and talk about all the vices and the negative impact it's having on us, on our community today. And it's all because people don't want to be accountable. Research has shown that People of faith—it doesn't matter what faith, it could be Judaism, Islam, Christian, whatever. People who have a level of a level of belief in a greater, you know, person, a deity, it could be anything. African traditional, really, whatever. Have uh, they tend to have better families? They tend to have better stability in life. They tend to have a drive for life. They tend to—they are more likely not to cohabit before marriage. They are more likely not to become you know promiscuous they are they are they have a better chance of a better life because the sense of having somebody to report to puts you in shape it doesn't matter how it doesn't have to be christianity more so when you've got the real deal we have such a great opportunity to make a difference in our world today because we are christians and we have god and we have an understanding of who he is and what he's called us to do Shall we turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Okay. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man Who who built his house on the sand? And the rain descended and the flats came. And the winds blew blew and beat on the house. And it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was. When Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. It says the the rain descended... The flats came, the winds blew and beat on the house. So these things are just the fact of life. The rains fall, the flats come, the winds blow, and it does beat. It depends on what is built on. It depends on what is built on. And Jesus made it very clear that the one who hears his words and does them is like the one who is built on the rock. Christians have such a great opportunity to build our families on the rock. Who is Jesus Christ? One of the key building blocks of our families is faith, our faith, the faith we have in Jesus, uh, the confession we have in Jesus. The fact that Jesus Christ is our Lord and savior, our master, he we serve is such a fundamental building block fundamental I can't stress this in, it's just too vital to take, put away faith and try to build a Christian family it's not possible because who, really why are we Christians why are we called Christians it's because of our faith in Jesus Christ followers of Christ that's why we were called Christians let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 11 it talks about there's no other foundation that, has, that can be laid by anyone, but that which has already been laid, which is Jesus. Jesus must be the central, must be central to our families. And his word must be the final authority in our families. Jesus must be central in our families and his word must must be the final authority in our families between husband and wife, between parents and children. the word of God must be final because there are so many things that will suggest otherwise. If you read books on raising children, Dr. Spots, whoever, there are so many theories about how to raise your children. But it is the word of God that must be final as to how we raise our children. There are so many suggestions as to how husband and wife should relate. If we, if we want to have a look at the world, there are people called swingers. <laughs> Somebody's had just missed the beat. You <laughs> think, please don't let him here. <laughs> there are people called swingers. That's another form of, you know, marital relationship, where your husband can go out and swing with somebody. <laughs> exactly, or your wife as well, or you both go swing with other people and then come back home and call yourselves husband and wife, and it's okay. This is one of the suggestions of the world. That is fine. Some of the suggestions of the world says, you know, once we're together, whatever I do that you don't see is okay. I don't have to tell you. Once you don't know, you don't get hurt, isn't it? That's what they say. Once you don't know, you don't get hurt. And therefore, I can go out, provide So it's okay if I can go to another country on a business trip and then do whatever. When I come home, provided I'm not going to tell my spouse, it should be okay because if you don't know, You don't miss. That is a suggestion of the world. But there's something greater. That's called the God factor. God appears to you in that room. There's something appears to you in that room when you're about to switch that TV on in your hotel room. And he says, boy, what are you doing? On that computer, he says, girl, what are you doing? He speaks to you. And you know, So there's a greater law apart from what the world offers, which puts us in a far better position to maintain our, our families. Far greater law. The word of God must be the final authority, how we relate to each other, husband and wife. What the word of God says is what we do. What the word expects us to do is what we do. So it says, wives submit, I don't have an issue. That's, that's my role. I always say that if you don't want to submit, you can be a woman. It's okay. You don't have to submit to anybody. You know, submit to each other in the, in the, in the kingdom, but you don't have to quit. Just be a woman. It didn't say women submit to men. It says wives submit. So if you don't want to, then that's fine. You have a choice. But if you want to be a wife, then that's it. That's the condition of being a wife. You've got to submit. And if you want to be a husband, you have a responsibility to love. And not just any love, sacrificial love. So if you don't want to do that, you don't want to share your food, you are one of those people who want to buy all your gadgets. You know, when your children come near you, you're about to eat your food, and they say, Daddy, I want that one. You think, where did you come from? Whose child is this? (laughs) Go off my face. If you don't want any of that, then that's okay. Don't be a husband. Just be a man. Be a guy doing your own thing. But don't get into the institution. But if you want to be in it, then you've got to do as God says. That's when we are building Christian families. Not because we come to church, but it's because the word of God is central. Jesus is central and the word of God is the final authority in our, in our families. So if you don't want it, then that's okay. Just don't enter. And enjoy your single life. That's how, we, how, how it's supposed to be. Parents, you know what? If you don't want to have any responsibility or do it according to God's God's way, then you don't. You can choose, to say, you know, Lord, I, you know, you always says we should increase and multiply, but the work that comes with it, I'm not interested. So I'd want to stay, you know, without children. But if you want to do it, you have to do it God's way. God says today. Obviously, you know, you probably don't have to say that because it's politically incorrect. That, you know, the rod is necessary for the discipline of children. How we love them, how we show mercy, how we are generous towards them, just as God has asked us to do. So, the God, God's word, every, the, it is not Christian if it's not based on God's word. It's not. It could be nice suggestion, but it's not Christian. And please don't call it Christian if it's not based on God's word. It has to be based on God's word to get God's results. We, we are very intimidated by all kinds of things, especially, I talked a lot to Pastor David about this, that um, because our children are so young, we, it's like you are told that you don't know how they'll turn out. You are made to believe that you do your best and then, yeah, you leave them, they may go out and then come back in. But you know when you go out, the impact is just not worth it. So I really don't want my children to go out in the world and get beaten and battered and then come back with a testimony that I went out and came back. I just want I stayed. That's all. I don't want the other one. I don't want it. So the other time we came, I think after the faith seminar, I go home and I was just get, I was I just said, oh, David, we can do this by faith, isn't it? We can raise our children and they don't have to go out by faith because they just shall live by faith. So I said, "Have go and answer. We will declare it, we will speak, we will do God's word, and we know that that will show forth. (laughs) They wouldn't have to go out. They can stay and serve God throughout their lives by faith. That is also possible. That is not exempted because sometimes, you know, you speak to people pastors, senior pastors, bishops, whoever, And uh, some have had all kinds of challenges and I'm not putting down their challenges or their children, I, but I don't want that. I don't want the heartache of sitting down 12. I've got two girls at the moment. So I at the moment. no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to imagine one funny guy, you know, doing some funny things to my no. It's to it be heartbreaking. I, I really don't want that. But I realized that I can also believe God for this. I said, well, I've got it. So those of you who didn't know, you can do that as well. You can believe God to have children who don't have to be wayward. They don't, they don't have to be because others have that testimony. If they are Christians and it's God who did it, he can do the same for me. Instead of being busy believing God for shoes and big cars, you can believe God for that. Because bet you, after a while, you realize that you needed your children to be on course and to, to, for Jesus to, to be focused on Jesus rather than the big things you're following. Now my mom, all she talks about is, and my son this, and my daughter that. and Because, what is it? She has experienced life God has blessed her, and now it doesn't matter if anything she's trying to acquire is for her children and grandchildren. God's word will make all the difference, and our faith in him concerning our families will make all the difference. Let's not live life like um, our faith cannot impact our families, and therefore we raise our children just, you know, they go to school, they come, maybe church, yes, it's fine, and let me just chip this thing, that it's not the Sunday school teacher's responsibility to raise your children. It's not. I, um, I taught my, I think I, that time she was around three. And everything, she says, oh, I can't do that. I can't do Mommy, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I said, you can do I'm encouraging her to do it. But I realized that, God, I think just God just helped me. And I said, oh, I need to find a scripture for her. So we started reciting, I can do all things. We didn't have to do the Philippians, all, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I go ahead and start saying it. You know, she's saying it funny, you know, it wasn't coming to Eventually, she started saying that. So anytime she had to do something that she said, Mommy, I can't do it, and so I reminded her. She said, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Then she would try. So eventually, we got to a point where she was doing it. When she remembers that she can't do it, I said, you can do all things through Christ. And then one day, the same is something came up. We are trying to do it. She said, I can't do it. I said, you can. She said, I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. She said, no, mommy. It's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I said, where did that come from? Because we've always said me. She, not to you know but she said the Sunday school teacher said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and I said no it's me she said no 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 I've been teaching you this (laughs) since whenever it's through strength so I said maybe the Sunday school wanted to include everybody so we can all do things but you have to declare it for yourself now so this is how you say it and the joy of it was It's it's made a huge difference. Anytime she can't do something or she feels she cannot do something, I remind her about that scripture. And automatically, it kicks in that, yes, I'll try. And when when she's unwell, I tell her, Jesus will make you better. Instead of saying, I'll kiss you better. Because I realize my kiss will make her better. So I said, Jesus will pray and Jesus will make you better. So, as, you know, as children, they need, children need Jesus, I tell you. Don't think they are that innocent. They need Jesus. So, one day, we, everything that happens, she said, I tell her, Jesus will make you better. We pray. And then she comes, and, Mommy, Jesus has made me better. I'm feeling better and all that. And, and um, she wanted ice cream. And she had a bit of cold and cough. And so, we have prayed and we're saying, Jesus. So, she came and she said, Mommy, Jesus has made me better. Can I have the ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> And now I know that the cough is not gone yet. But I need to find a way of saying, Jesus, haven't made you better yet. (laughs) So you can't have the ice cream now. But I didn't want to declare that. (laughs) I said, Jesus is making you better. (laughs) So you can't have the ice cream. She said, no, mommy, look. (laughs) Jesus has made me. (laughs) Jesus has made me better. I said, Jesus has made you better. But this is not the time for ice cream. We'll have ice cream another time. And I said, thank you, Jesus. You know, I didn't want to destroy what we have put in place. But I had to find... She's smart. This is before four years. And you tell me when they are 15, they haven't got ways. They have ways. They need Jesus. Jesus needs to continue to make them better. <laughs> and so it's... These are the little ways that we have to incorporate the Word of God it has to become real it has to be alive it doesn't have to be big scriptures where they have to recite because I know that you know people of uh, our of, of of the Muslim religion is I know that they go they are supposed to go to school before they actually do normal school go to normal school or after school they go and do their recitals and Parents are proud that they can recite, they actually can recite the whole Quran. Most of us are still believing God to be able to read at least the New Testament. But there are some Muslim children by age nine, they can recite the whole Quran. But it's not about that because it doesn't change the heart. It doesn't bring salvation. It is not the way to the Father. But these people put that effort in. They put that effort in. And it taught me a huge lesson about how those of us who are under grace, how we take advantage of the grace and not make the most of what we have. Recently I was at home and it just struck me. I was listening to um, a particular message and they were describing how God the Father you know being the, becoming this, the word, becoming Jesus and Jesus is you know God's um, the, speaking, the speaking aspects of God. He came, became the word and he brought salvation to us and the Holy Spirit is there, the working the doing aspects of God. And I said, what opportunity we miss as Christians. That we have, you know it, but sometimes it becomes rain, all of a sudden it hits you. That the Holy Spirit is God. And he's with us. Every day. All the time. Asleep, awake, cooking, playing, having fun. Everything that we do. Everything. He's with us. And what a waste of power. It just hits me. I said, why do we lose sight of these things? And most of the time, we are weighed down by our issues and the things we want and how things haven't gone the way we we expected it to go. And we lose sight of such great power available. That creative force of God is available to me and you. And together, us we can do more. Yes. A lot more. Yes. A lot more. I, I get so inspired when I, 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 I consider that God has made it available. And the sweet side of God is he's not, you know, being domineering and insisting that come on, do this. But constantly reminding us in different ways like today. You've reminded that power is available. So there are things that you can go out today and do. There's a a, a kind of life that you can go out there and live because power is available. It's just beautiful. But it's all based, and these things should be shared in our families. Our children should go out there and know they are different. Not because their dad has a particular car or their profession. Yeah, it could be, you know, a good point. But because God is their God. The most high is their God. He cares about them. He watches over them. He cares about even the tiny little things. If they are hurt, mommy's kiss is okay. But God's kiss is even better. That when you give them gifts, you say, let's say thank you to Jesus because he provided these. It's nice to say thank you to mommy and any any other person who gives them a gift, but let them know that it's actually God who's made that provision, and so we thank Him for that. Ultimately, the Word of God will make all the difference. So you realize that you are you are you are forming, you know, you are you are you are giving God an opportunity to form a greater standard, a greater rule, a greater measure in their hearts. It's not just what, you know, the norms of the, of the thing, the norms of the world, the, the values of the world, but greater value, the value which is based on the word of God, the a higher standard. So you, they go out there and they are different. They are different. They, they behave well, not because the teacher is around. But it's because they, all, they come with their rule. They come with their standard. When they appear, they don't need somebody to tell them, this is how you have to behave. They came with their behavior, they came with their own influence. But I bet you we can't do that by ourselves, by as I was telling you before three, she knows how to, you know, get around it. But it's the word of God that will break those hearts and that will make, the, that, that, will make that difference. I've seen, you know, many, many do it otherwise, and it's it's just not nice. The effect is just not nice. But a word of God is able to make all the difference in our families. Let's look at when we read the scripture last week. It was just I just loved it, it again. It gave me another insight into the the the. This, the responsibility God has given us. And is, um, let's turn our Bible to Genesis chapter 18. And then from there we'll read Deuteronomy. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18 verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? since he shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord and do righteousness and justice, and that the Lord may bring Abraham to what he has spoken to him. God knows Abraham, that he will command his house after him. And this said something to me that God must know. He's he's Initially, before that, God was talking about how great and mighty Abraham is going to be. And this is what God had promised Abraham. He promised him. But he promised him not because he's all that. But by faith, he received this promise so that it can be passed on. God is looking for people that he can entrust things Because he knows that when he passes it on to you, you will make a point to pass it on to the next generation. Your faith will not just be your confession and that will be the end of it. God is looking for people who can pass it on. Who can pass it on. And what's an opportunity to pass it on to, you know, in our families, to pass on to our children, to our brothers and sisters, to, you know, the very closest people to us. Is it? Because Abraham's household was not just his children. He had servants, he had people working for him. And God said, you command all of them. So it's a responsibility for us. And these are the people God is looking for so he can make them great and mighty. Great and mighty. God is not just looking at us, at us. He's looking at the generations. He's looking at posterity. He's looking at the years down the line. If he was just looking for one, Jesus would have come have our disciples and go back and you know, not bother to make anything out of it. But he took his time, invested in those 12. They the 72, the 180, he took time with them so that if, when he's gone, they can pass it on. And that is God's plan. He calls one, makes something out of that person so that that can be passed on. God is not looking for people he will just bless so that they can fill their bellies. You, 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 you hear the parable of the rich man. He said, I'm rich. I'm going to break my bonds." And then God said, you're a fool. Because he wants to now enrich himself, establish himself, rather than pour it out to others. God said, you're a fool tonight. I will demand what I gave you. The very breath in your nostrils, I'm taking it back. And let's see who is going to you know let's see who is going to break the up and become rich and establish themselves so it is as seated here you may may not have children yet but you have people around you that you are responsible for just for the fact that you are a Christian there are people you are responsible for so that they will see the light so that they will know how it is done those same people must see it God is giving you that response, they must see it. And then that must be their challenge to come on come on board and follow Christ. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four to nine. The scriptures are just sweet and it just tells it as it is. Sometimes you don't even need any explanation. It's self explanatory. It just says it. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command, you, you I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall speak of them when you sit in your house. So the topic of conversation at home, you teach them diligently. You talk about it when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way. So when you are out there, whatever you're doing, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when it's time to rest, and when you rise up, when it's time to arise again and move on to things, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and your gates. The word of God, this is what God told his people, and he's telling us this morning. Teach your children diligently the word of God. Teach it. If you don't teach it, nobody's doing it. And they get to a point, they go to school, somebody has more hours than you do, and that person is teaching them something else, different from what you believe in. So if you wouldn't take time to teach them and start young, well, it's your loss. It's your loss. They are your children, but in the end, you be- they'll become somebody else's products. You gave birth to them. You sheltered them. You provided for them, but they subscribe to somebody else's God. And that's wrong. It's just wrong. It's just not right. That you have faith and you couldn't pass it on to your children. I don't know what faith that is. You probably don't believe it, but you have, you know, you just are part of is part of your ceremonies and rituals that you know you partake in. But if you really believe it, then you will pass it on. You will pass it on if you really know the value. It says talk to them when you sit down. Don't let only EastEnders talk to them. <laughs> we are working hard on preventing pepper pig in my house. Because Peppa Pig is rude. And Peppa Pig is not nice to George. Peppa Pig silly says silly to daddy and I don't like that. Peppa as innocent as it looks. Is busy influencing our children. Telling them what to believe. Telling them how to behave. Because Peppa always has to come out better than George. And I say you don't do that to your siblings. It's wrong. In a home, that's not how a Christian home should be. So you need to regulate. You might think, oh, it's all innocent. It keeps them quiet. They're busy watching it and they're enjoying it. No. You need to monitor it. And so the images, they're shown. So if you're not busy working the word of God in them, putting it in them, by the time they hit, they have different kinds of standards. Other people have spoken all kinds all kinds of things to them. From TV, from friends. It gets to a point. It got to a point. My mom, I really thought I didn't care what my mom said. But really, I didn't, I just wanted to do what, you know, my friends, where we're going. It mattered to me more than. Because friends had a greater influence So the little time you have with them, if we don't teach them the word of God, just talk to them when you sit down. Don't let only the TV talk to them. When they're about to go to bed, it's nice to read Cinderella, but I don't want my child to only think about Cinderella just as she's about to nod off. or Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Why do you read that at night? They've presented it as it's a nice bedtime story. But it's not. They have witches, all kinds of things. All of a sudden, your child wakes up screaming at night. And you wonder what it is. I declare in the name of Jesus. is the Snow White. That is harassing the children. You're bringing the oil. What for? Deal with Snow White first. If you take time to look into these things, you realize that the devil has a subtle way of getting into our families, getting into the very private parts of our lives. The devil is finding a way of getting there. And you are busy smiling and think you are enjoying life. That's not enjoying life. That's not. And we have to be mindful of these things. Because the interesting thing is, what I've come to realize, what you don't hold to dear, you can't pass it on to your children. And that is where it starts from. So you are in a generation where it's nice to do this and you do that for your children. Because it's nice. This is is the suggestions of the world. Because you yourself as a parent, you haven't determined what is valuable to you because if you know how sweet the word of god is to you and you have an opportunity to pass something on well, it's just natural to pass on what what is of importance to you to them when somebody is about to pass away and they have their will they first of all look at the people who are most dearest and give their most valuable to they won't look for a man on the street and think okay i don't know you but there's a man who passed by on this day may be in blue shirts. give this thing to that person Nobody does that. You first of all think about the people dearest to you, closest to you. Those are the people you entrust things into. So if the word of God is the same, valuable, you entrust it into your children. And don't let it be any other thing, any other way. That's what you entrust into them. You give that to them. And we've lost sight of that. It's so easy for. They're very, some, they're our very bedroom, the devil is there. In the form of an iPad. <laughs> iPad. And the iPad is such, you know, it can be very private. Now the computer, sometimes you don't even know, somebody can creep up and see what you're looking at on the screen. But for the iPad is like this. Maybe really somebody comes to just that's how close the devil is to you. You don't realize, but he's that close. So close! Just a breath away. Just as your iPad is right in front of you. Look, Depending on what you're looking at, that's how close the devil is to you. You've brought it everywhere. Now, right in between you and your wife, the devil is, even though, instead of Jesus. Mm. One funny woman wiggling her waist on the internet I is standing a representative of the devil (laughs) between you and your husband between you and your wife it's the devil's representative sitting right there being very comfortable sitting on your bed cross her legs (laughs) waiting for you that's the things you're inviting and we don't think about that but that's exactly what we're doing and it's ever so important that we become mindful of these things and you know let the word of God be the rule in our lives. Be the guide in our lives. Be the authority in our lives. So if God didn't say it, then we can't do it. Some of us teach our children how to lie. Because it's convenient for you, the parent. Instead of being bold and take up some responsibilities and, you know, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but take it. You'd rather you rather teach your child how to lie. And by the time they hit 15, they have graduated because they've acquired other things, added to it. Now they are stronger than you. And you don't understand why they are like this. Me, my child, how? It's a little seed that you sow. And you know, the funny thing about seeds, when you sow them, they grow. They grow. And it's, the word, there's no other way. It can't be done any other way if we call ourselves Christians, but by the word. Yesterday in our women's um, discussion, we were talking about um, um, Mary. When Mary got the news that um, she was going to be with her child, Jesus. And um, research shows that Mary will be around the age of 12, 13, around that early teenage. And this is the beautiful thing that we were discussing. Mary knew t- when she received the word in faith because she knew the word of God. And what is my proof? She now started referring to what Hannah spoke of. When God blessed her, oh, magnify the Lord with me. In First Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, Mary quoted exactly that. And it's because she knew the word. It was in her heart. So when she received the word, that is the exact automatic response to that, to the, the word that came to speak the word of God back. But if she didn't know it, she probably could be like Zechariah, who fear fell upon. Twelve-year-old didn't fear angel. A grown man, a priest, who has been selected, so you can imagine the preparation that he would have gone through to burn incense. When you look at his genealogy from the family of Aaron, his wife, from the family, they are, they are really into ministry. In this day, probably close to Archbishop. But when he saw the angel, the guy started shaking. Started shaking. Fear fell upon him. Couldn't quote a word back that be it unto me. After praying for so long, believing God because his wife was barren, and in the presence of God, burning incense to God, this same God you are burning incense to appears. He said, hey, where are you from? What is this? So you can see that he was in the activity, but no, he wasn't part of it. He wasn't in it. His heart wasn't in it. He was busy burning the incense, but not out of faith, not out of faith. So you see a, a difference. A young girl, because knew the word, could receive it, and an old man had to become dumb because couldn't receive the word out of faith. So it is not a matter of age. And I always say, don't look down on children. Josiah ruled Israel at the age of eight. God chose that one to be king over Israel. They were mighty men. They had an army with mighty men in the army. Doing mighty things. Accomplishing a lot. And God chose an eight-year-old to be king over those. And when he coughed, they had to listen. They had to listen because it was the king and God's choice. Samuel had the same. Eli, was, Eli knew how to get it done, but God chose Samuel because, again, Eli didn't know how to command his house after God, the God he served, allowed his family to just do whatever they wanted to do in church, in church, in church. And God had to pick a young boy, believed to be around. 7, 8 and God spoke to him to start getting things done to start accomplishing what he, want, he wants to do so if you have the word of God being the rule in your family we have everything to gain and nothing to lose don't make it look like it's queer when it's odd when you have to sit and talk about the things of God don't make it make it fun make it exciting between husband and wife there's nothing wrong if you remember oh yeah do you remember the scripture someone will say "I why everyday bible 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 some people they get so agitated and everything let's pray let's pray what else should we do cough the money up cough the money up, stop let's pray let's pray about it i know some women now some of us are like that they're just thinking they just bring the money what is this prayer topic to It's true. Sometimes you feel like that, but please don't say it. Please don't, don't let it come out of your mouth. And if it does, just withdraw it quickly. Say, I didn't mean that. Actually, let's pray. After that, you can cough up the money. <laughs> but it has to be part of our daily lives. It doesn't have to be some... Some of us have morning devotions with our families, and It's good. It's an opportunity to share it and engage your children, even have the understanding of a general worship like this, and on a daily basis give doses of the word in a way that they can understand and digest. But if we're not careful, it can easily dry up and become just a routine. But it has to be living. It has to be alive. That's what the word of God is. It's living and is alive. So the, every, our family, like every aspect, so when my mom calls me and she's got an issue, I said, God is in charge. Good things will happen to us because God is on our side. After that, we can do all the discussions, do all the planning. But it's, it's going to happen because God is with us. When some, your family member calls you and you've got issues, take time. Advise them, do whatever you have to do. But let the word of God be part of what you say. Let it be the fundamental thing that you encourage them with. We may have our own ideas in the way of doing things. But the word of God must come through, come through in our speech. But if it's not with you, you can't give. If you don't have it, you can't give. What you don't have, you can't give. You can't. Because you don't have it. So first rule your heart, then you can pass it on. Make it a point to pass it. Pass it everywhere. Every, Every opportunity, pass it every opportunity pass on the jewish people make it literal they put the scriptures on their hand this particular love the lord your god some of them have tied on the uh, um, at their door once you go their main door they've got the scripture they love the lord your god with all your heart with a literal but that's not what god is asking of us it must be here in your heart it must be living it must be alive part of your life day in day out that's what it is and once it's ruling in our heart can invariably then pass it on to our our children our family members our loved ones so with the word of god our faith what we believe in is one of the major building blocks of our families and we thank god for his word we thank god that we will make his word the cornerstone the foundation the rock upon which we build our families let's appreciate him Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207 740 9960. God bless you.